0: Darren Taylor from North Lincolnshire was just one year sober when lockdown began and feared the extra stress could shake his hard-won sobriety. But the author, father of two and business development manager has started calling his home his sober bubble and feels that the extra family time and the fact that no one is out socialising and drinking has made his second year of enforced lockdown sobriety easier than his first. The 43-year-old says that publishing the book he wrote over the first lockdown has played an important part in changing his relationship with alcohol. Part memoir, part self-help guide, Finding Your Sober Bubble chronicles Darren's scum upbringing in a world where he says heavy drinking was normalised. So welcome to the show, Darren. Really, really pleased to have you on. And I don't know if you've seen previous episodes, but I usually start them with, you know, really terrible, terrible, terrible related drug jokes. Um, (laughs) But I've decided I'm going to stop making drug-related jokes now because I think it's a messed up thing to do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's that. Terrible. It's funny. And, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're so bad.
0: They, they are so bad, I promise you. And, and like <laughs> I keep saying in each episode, they will continue to get worse. So, yeah. so as mentioned in um, the intro I've done on you, you've, you've written a, a book that I haven't had a chance to read, and I must say it sounds brilliant, Sober, Bu- Sober Bubble. Um, so, really, really Darren, I'd like to start with saying, so what, what are your thoughts on how alcohol is perceived in society
1: um quite strong actually because i think there's this whole you know perception's quite a big uh, a big word because uh, something whether it's right or wrong if someone perceives it then in their mind it's correct whether it is or not um and i think you know the way that alcohol is perceived in society is it's bigged up to be the savior of you know of all celebrations and events so you know somebody's somebody's getting married somebody's having a baby somebody's you know celebrate celebrating whatever it's friday you know crack open the prosecco kind of thing yeah and it's this go-to glamour puss um and i've got a section in the book called labels and perceptions and it's it's about exactly that question because you know it's bigged up in society as this savior and you know let's come round and have a glass of wine at my house so you know all these things everywhere you look alcohol is there yeah and yet when somebody gets sucked in you know and 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 it turns bad and then they become you know reliant on on alcohol then i think society has this term of you know as this perception of an alcoholic as the guy or, you know, that's in a, in a doorway somewhere that's, you know, down and out, lost everything. And rather than help them, it, it kind of stigmatises that person. That's not really the case, is it? You know, no, it's definitely not the case. Um, You know, and, and by calling them a, an alcoholic, if you don't understand that term, you know, alcoholic, to me, there's there's a whole world of, you know, from teetotaler right down to someone that's massively dependent. And in between that, you've got, well, you used to have what was abuse and dependence. So either you fell into, you know, abuse or you depended on alcohol or you was in this unknown safe category. Mm. And to me, there's a whole world of, you know, people like myself who were massive binge drinkers and you know, just now and again, as but every time you know, every time that you, you do drink, it's a massive binge. And I feel that you know, in society, that perception just needs changing a little bit. Um, I'll give you an example. A guy, a guy said to me once. I've I'd, I'd told him that I'd got an issue. I was a bit of a problem drinker. He said, "So would you uh, would you classify yourself as an alcoholic?" And I said, "Would would you classify me as one?" And he said, No, no, you don't look like one. And I said, Well, what does I, 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 like? I don't look like one. Well, what does one look like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um and and it just kind of gives it that stigma stig. you know, that's that stigma. Yeah. And I think that there's maybe something that we can do in society to change that. Um, you know, if if you go into a you go into a swimming pool and it's um you know, you get in and you're you're nicely swimming around and you know, this kid's been peeing in that pool, but you know, you may maybe not that bothered because you're you're in the water and you're, you know, you're clapping around. But if someone was stood at the side, you know, a two year old having a wee in the pool having a wee in the pool, yeah, your perception your perception of that would change like yeah. that. And yeah. I just feel it's time we, you know, maybe change the perception of addiction, you know, whether it's alcohol or drugs. In society, because it's not all, you know, to do with crime and, you know, hundred negativity, really. A hundred percent.
0: And I think, you know, an alcoholic for me is, is, I think, it's someone that has a drink and finds it hard to stop. And it can yeah. come at so many different levels, whether it's binge drinking, whether it's on special occasions, whether it's daily, yeah. um, you know, but ultimately there are different, there are very many, many different stages of it. Um, but the yeah. fact are, if it's starting to cause consequences, then there's need to get some help around
1: it. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And if it's starting to cause problems in your life and that one of the key things is that you need to realise that as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of people say, well, I, I feel like I, I should stop because, you know, my family want me to or something like that, which is great. You know, and, and it does help, but you need to want to stop to help your family you know you've you've got to have that commitment i think and it, it's mm-hmm. that's one of the key things that can can turn it into a into a positive when you go into your recovery
0: i agree and so you've been in recovery now for a couple of years is that right
1: yeah I've, uh 27th of march was my on paper um sobriety date so that was the last time i got you know drunk so absolutely that's, actually, yeah. so that's
0: amazing, so I think you really you really went through this at what one would perceive as a difficult time, you know with lockdown and and you know that a lot of time on your hands how did how did you manage that
1: well, just as lockdown broke the first time um it was my first year' sober anniversary and i I'd, I'd got quite a a bit big deal planned actually we was going to go to a um, you know, restaurant and have some food and have a bit of a celebration around it. And there was various people who I didn't know who have, you know, was linked with on, on Instagram and things like that, who was going to come along and obviously lockdown canceled that. So it was a bit of an anticlimax. Mm-hmm. So I thought, right, what do I do now? It was, uh, I mean, drinking was, you know, never in, never in question, but to be honest, because of the anxiety around everything, you know, it was a hell of a trigger for a lot of people. Yeah. And I thought the best thing that I can do is, you know, put pen to paper and actually write this book that I'd had in, in my brain for for uh, for the past year. Um, and so through lockdown, um, particularly between, between March and um, probably June, is when I really put everything together. I mean, I'd got all the, you know, the information that I wanted to include in the book. Um, but I really set to and put it all together. So that really kept me focused, if you like. My wife would say it kept me too focused because I was up till all hours, you know, but <laughs> I'm sure she secretly uh, was, wasn't too bothered that but I was this, out of the way. This
0: is the funny thing, and I laugh about this, Ben, and I think I've shared this before, because we're still addicts, right? And And, and I find it quite funny, and I can laugh at it because... My wife, you know, she asked me to put this shelving unit up. And anyone that knows me, I'm absolutely useless when it comes to any DIY. And (laughs) um, But I'm an addict. So what I do is I go on to Amazon. I buy a thousand-piece screw set hanging thing, um, a laser level. I don't even know how to use a laser level. All the tools, everything to come with it. Did I put that shelf up? No, I've got someone to come do it for me. But I'm an yeah. addict, right? And But they had all the gear. Had all the gear, but no idea, as they say. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, but this is... I can laugh at this, you know, and, I, and, and it's funny yeah. how my... My addict will try and come out in, in certain <laughs> things. So so I get it. When you're writing that book, you're kind of so focused. Yeah. We're
1: very, very kind of focused on these things. Yeah, um, yeah. It's strange because you, you, you I stopped drinking to spend more time with the family and then I end up <laughs> writing a book about not drinking, <laughs> kind of shunning them a little bit. But, you know, it
0: was for a good cause. We're creative people. And I think our minds are constantly going, yeah. going, going all the time. So what do yeah, you I'll th- go with that. So what do you think, Darren, on, on what people's expectations um,
1: will be after sort of quitting alcohol? Well I think you've got to you've got to at some extent do your research and maybe know what to expect because um, you know, it's not easy. Um, you know when you when you decide that you're gonna stop something that you've been doing for a long time, whether it's you know, even if it's not, you know, drink or drugs or something you know there's a there's a lot of people i would think that go into it you know with with maybe an open mind think yeah it'd be okay uh, when really you know it's it is a difficult thing to do mm. and i think you know coming up with you know reasons to avoid going places and um you know looking at all these aspects that are going to come in, such as cravings and, you know, the aftermath of quitting booze, you've really got to, you know, do your research and plan for it. Because once you stop, you'll see that alcohol is everywhere. Um, And that can be a massive trigger. You get sugar cravings, you get, um, you know, you'll start feeling sorry for yourself, and you will feel, um, you'll feel waspy, and you'll want to tear the house down. Um, certainly that was my experience okay you might not want to tear the house down but you you're going to feel a little bit agitated um, and I think trying to get an understanding of of what that is um, and you know plan for it is one of the key things you know when you quit and also having a you know having a support network so telling people um, I find if you're you know I couldn't have not said anything and then been invited somewhere and made an excuse for example or you know i can't come because it's you know my my granddad's 115th birthday or whatever um i just said look i'm stopping drinking i'm just gonna you know hermit myself for a while and and just take it easy um because there's, there's so many things and it's Yeah, it's getting an understanding of that and getting the support around you that you need.
0: And this is what I'm interested in with this show because there's so many different... I don't think there's one way to overcome um, an addiction or, or whatever... I think definitely not. I think what what works for one person won't work for another. What's worked for you, you know, is worked for you. Might not work for someone else. But I think yeah. the great thing about this is, is that we can share our stories and what's worked for us and what hasn't, and yeah. it's providing options for people, you know. So if something doesn't work, you know what? Dust yourself off, try something else, move on, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm really I was so so happy to that, that you agreed to come on the show because I think your your book and my understanding of what your book the sober bubble um is going to give people a really another good option you know to to consider
1: um yeah where where can people buy the book Uh, it's on amazon um as a paperback and an ebook and i've self-narrated as well the the audiobook version
0: fantastic um
1: which is on audible itunes and and um yeah, Amazon. Sorry. So
0: in a nice, calming North Lincolnshire tone.
1: Yeah, it's got my accent. I did um, I, I did it in my summer house outside and I converted it and I'd got sheets and all sorts hanging around because I, I did a lot of research on it and I invited narrators on, you know, to, to do it. But I got... Um, well, first of all, you put down what your accent is, whether you're male, you know, who you want, and I'd put northern male... You know, as you as you would obviously, but um, I got some guys from America. I got a couple of ladies wanting to do it, and in the end, I thought, you know what, I I can deliver it how I want to. I've never done it before, but hey, I'm going to do it. Um, so I spent time huddled under, you know, these sheets. I, I bought all the proper gear, the mic of course and you, the, you the headset like thing. I'm an I, yeah, I bought all the gear, but I ended up going through it and doing it myself. So. Yeah, it, uh, it was a good experience. I really enjoyed that that part of it, actually, the audiobook. I can't wait. I
0: can't wait to hear it. And what I love yeah. asking people that have got you know some good recovery under their belt is if you were going to give someone watching or listening um, your number one tip as to how to make that transition from addiction to recovery, what would it be?
1: It would definitely be... Um, to plan uh which might sound you know how do i plan if i don't know what to expect but there's enough information out there you know obviously there's there's my book which i'd be delighted if you you know read that but as well as that you know i mean all you've got to do is google am i an alcoholic or or whatever on on the on the internet and there's there's a world of information but by planning and knowing what to expect yes it's not difficult but at least you can have, you know, an idea of, of the aftermath. And if you've, if you, like I mentioned before, if you tell people that there's, you know, that you are stopping drinking, then that just takes away a little bit of pressure off you because people know that you're not drinking. And if they give you any grief about it, then, you know, smell you later. We're not, (laughs) don't even worry about it. Um, but I drew, you know, I, I took bits from AA. I took bits from, you know, the internet, and I took bits from NLP, Mm -hmm. uh, which is Neuro neuro Linguistic Programming. So there isn't one way, you know, but there's a lot of information out there. And I would suggest do your research and, yeah, and just prepare for it. Um, And, you know, when you do get that craving or that trigger that you think, you know, to get yourself out of that situation.
0: And I think that's probably one of my biggest tips as well, Darren, and and secrets keep us sick, right? And especially with drinking it wants us you know one of the biggest traits certainly with alcoholism is the secret drinking not letting people know the amount that we're actually drinking you know so yeah by getting honest by opening up to your support bubble um or your support network is is vital because when we start keeping it quiet we're kind of keeping that door open for a potential relapse
1: yeah you are yeah secret drinking as well i mean there's some masters out there at that. I was, I was, I thought I was invincible, you know, Um but it catches up on you, and eventually you make mistakes, and you forget where you've put your bottles, and you know, I got some found behind the curtains. I mean, how <laughs> how stupid is that? Yeah, I don't know what no will find it here.
0: We can't bloody remember kind of where thing. we put it
1: either. That's that's half of the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, now they're finding bits of tools everywhere and <laughs> shelf-making I,
0: kits. I identify with that. <laughs> um, I'm really grateful you came on today, Darren. It was so nice to meet you. Let's keep in touch. Um,
1: like, Definitely, yeah.
0: Like I said, the the book is called Soap Bubble. You can buy, buy it on Amazon. I'll try and put a link on my um, Instagram as well so people can can uh, find it easily. Yeah, That'll um, be great, thanks. Darren, thank you so much, and I wish you well with your recovery.
1: Cheers. Same to you. Thanks, Nick. All the best. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye.